Welcome to Imperfect Action. I'm Brock Edwards, and this show is all about getting unstuck, getting out of your own way, taking action, moving forward, and building momentum as you go. Now, whether you're running your own business or you're starting a side hustle or you're just taking on a very important project in your life, this is the show for you. This is a show where we talk to regular people who are up to extraordinary things and find out how do they do it? Because that's what I take inspiration from when I see people just like me and I think, man, if they can do it, I can do it too. So listen in, join in the journey, and let me know, how are you moving forward? What actions are you going to take right now today? Hey, everyone. This is Imperfect Action with Brock Edwards. And you already know what this podcast is about. It's about taking that next step in your your journey, whether it's in your business, a side hustle, in your life. And today we have Jeremy Boyum on as a guest. And Jeremy, would you mind telling everyone just a little bit about yourself? Sure. Uh, My name is Jeremy Boyum. Thank you for having me, Brock. Um, And I play in a band called Shadow of Wales. Uh, where I play bass and I do a lot of our uh, back-end business stuff and fan engagement. And uh, and yeah, that's me in a nutshell. All right. So back-end business stuff and fan engagement. Uh, what is that? Uh, <laughs> everything <laughs> is the short answer. <laughs> um, or at least it feels like everything. But uh, and that's probably giving myself way too much credit. But uh, I do like a lot of our marketing campaigns, sales campaigns, day to day like business operations, um, and in terms of fan engagement, um, I do uh, all all of our social media. Um, if we're direct messaging a fan, usually it's me. Um, and yeah, so that's yep. Yeah. All right, so. I think that's pretty interesting. And that, that's one of the reasons actually I want to have you on, Jeremy, is that from what I've observed, you are so good at connecting with fans. And, you know, I see you doing things that a lot of a lot of musicians don't do, or at least I don't see other musicians doing, whether that's, you know, going to other concerts and talking up people who are waiting in line, telling them about your band, um, exchanging downloads for their email addresses and, or, or just even before shows, just making time to be, be available to go out into the audience after you've played and talk to people, you know, not, not everyone does that after exhausting yourself on stage. I can imagine a lot of musicians just want to go relax somewhere and I don't see you winding down. You know, I see you just going out and, you know, fan engagement. Um, so what, what is the, in fact, um, I wanted to mention something here because I saw you posted this on Twitter the other day and I think it just really sums up your your whole approach to connecting with fans. And this was a, a series of tweets that you did and you said, it's probably weird, but I think about Shadow of Fans, Shadow of Wales fans literally on a daily basis. People always think it's weird when I remember their names at concerts or recognize them at shows from their Twitter or Instagram handles. I genuinely care about your well-being. I actually look at and engage with your tweets, not just our mentions. I feel like it would be weirder for me to say in interviews or on stage that we're a band that cares about you and wants to encourage you, but then takes no time to get to know you or encourage you outside of just writing some songs. Songs are a great starting point for creating change, but change and inspiration don't happen without an actual human interaction at some point. 
I don't want to just make inspirational posters or songs that you hang on your wall and look at every now and then to be motivated. I want to actually inspire you to be who you are, love yourself, and take action in the real world to change because I truly believe you are amazing. So like, first off, Jeremy, you know, that's a, that's a lot to put out there on Twitter. I think that was three or four <laughs> tweets there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, I mean, that is, I mean, that's practically a fan engagement manifesto right there. And <laughs> you are going beyond just, hey, you know, I, I love it when fans come up and talk to me. You're like saying, hey, I'm actually looking for ways to connect with fans, looking for ways to get to know them, get to know them and encourage them as individuals. What drives that level of connection? How do you do that? Oh, I, you know, I think that it's just what I'm, what I'm passionate about is people. And, um, you know, the, I, I don't relate to the musician that is done playing a show and wants to just go relax. Uh, it's, it, it's very close to my like most favorite, if not my favorite part of a show is once we're done playing our set and I get to go and talk to everybody about it at our, at our merch table um, and the hugs and the conversations and the selfies and all of that stuff. Like this is my favorite part. Um and just getting to hear everybody's story and how everybody's doing. And, uh, it is no joke. Like, I mean, I really do. I, re I do remember people's names. I was, there was a, you were at the Mohawk show. There was somebody who, uh, they were talking about how, like, I just know people's names. <laughs> um, and there was a, a friend of mine, whose name is, uh, Devin. Um, and we, he saw us at, a show that we played opening for a band called set it off. And I knew who he was, uh, before the show started because he had interacted with us on Twitter. And so whenever, uh, whenever we finally met him, I called him by his Twitter handle because he didn't have his actual name online. And, um, that's just I, stuff like that is just the stuff that I do. I'm paying attention to people online. I know who our very first follower was on, uh, on Twitter. And I like, I can list off just a bunch of people's names because I'm actually looking at these people's names all the time and, and what they care about, what they're talking about. I'm interacting with them online because I really do. I mean, everything that I said in that tweet and I knew as soon as I knew as soon as you responded to that tweet, that, it might end up <laughs> on this podcast. Um, but I really meant every single word of it. I, I legitimately care about our fans' well-being. I think about them a lot when our fans are sad about something. Um, now I'm sad for them and, uh, and praying for them. And when they're happy about something, I'm excited. I'm having a great day. Um, and I don't know. That's, I think that's, that's maybe that's the part that's kind of like, I feel a little bit weird, like that. I'm just thinking about them, um, and you know, <laughs> it's maybe weird, but uh, that's that's what I'm in this band for. I'm in this band to encourage and inspire people, and I legitimately do care about them. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that's weird at all, Jeremy. I think that's really amazing. I mean, I, I, I think that it, you know that is going to a depth that so few do, and yet. Is clearly so important. It's important to you, and I know it's important to your your fans and your listeners. And 
you know, one one of the reasons I want to have you on is I I'm not a musician, but I can equate a lot of the music business just to regular business, to any business, you know, to people who are entrepreneurs or just have a side hustle going or trying to get something going and are trying to develop that customer base. And, you know, they, they post something on Facebook or post something on Instagram, but it's just pushing out. It's, it's one way. It's not that two-way connection that I see you working so very hard to build and create with, with your fans and, and with your audience. Um, you know, I, I don't see a separation. It's an ongoing connection. And I think there's a lot that we can learn from that for when we're thinking about, you know, from a, a business per perspective of how do we connect with our customers even more deeply? How, how do we love them for being a part of our lives? You, you know, um, I, I don't quite know how else to put that. But, uh, you know, Kevin Kelly, uh, founder of Wired Magazine, he talked about a thousand true fans. And, and and I love that idea that his thought was that if you have a thousand people, not, not a million, not 10 million, you know, not 2 billion, but all you really need are about a thousand people who are diehard fans, who love what you do, support what you do, will buy what you put out because it's you putting it out. Um, and that actually has kind of this ripple effect. Um, one, that group of people can actually support you in your art. But two, if you have a thousand people that committed You've then also got a lot more people that are less committed, but still enthusiastic. Now, there wasn't really a question mark at the end of that. It was just, you know, I see you out there building those those thousand true fans, you know, that that committed group. But let me ask you this, Jeremy, because while being a musician can definitely be a full time thing, and, and maybe what you're you're aspiring to do, I also know that it is not your full time thing. Like you have a day job, you have a mortgage. I assume you have a car payment. You know, you've got a wife, you got a kid. Um, you you've got what what everyone has, and yet sometime somehow in all of that, you are managing the time of and I, I you know. So you mentioned that you're doing all the fan engagement, or at least a lion's share of it. Um, you know, on social, I imagine you're also writing songs, practicing songs, you know, playing in venues, doing the marketing, which includes merchandising, working with vendors, I assume working with venues, um, handling the social media. So like, when do you sleep? <laughs> um, Sunday. Sunday. Uh, <laughs> and and uh, for, for the people who don't know, we are recording this on Sunday, so that's kind of a lie because it's Sunday morning right now. Right. Um, that's a quote from uh, a movie called Thank You for Smoking. Um, uh, just there was Aaron, I think it was Aaron Eckhart is the main character in that. And he asked this guy, when do you sleep? And he said, Sunday. <laughs> it's this really awkward moment. Um, and I remember that. So, um I I sleep actually pretty well. I've been on a pretty good schedule lately of trying to get into bed close-ish to 10 and waking up close-ish to 6. Um, and that's I'd say that's been working out really well. It's actually made me a lot more productive, which has been awesome. Um, but when, when do you yeah. fit in everything else there? So so not yeah. <laughs> so not only are you doing all this, but you're getting a solid eight hours sleep on top of it. <laughs> yeah. um, you, only, you know, it's I, it's, I just. I just got you more questions than answers, I guess there. <laughs> um, but uh, it's just, it's every day. You got to be doing it every day. Um, 
we have a we have two band practices a, a week, and I'm constantly telling the guys like, look, if we want we want to make this a real thing, then we've got to be a band more than two days a week, um, mm. and it's just every day, and social media is every day, and uh, sales and marketing is every day, and operations is every day. Um, where I find it, myself personally, where things are sacrificed, it's music creation probably. Um, I have a ton of trust in my band, um, and they have, uh, a lot of creative juices. And so music creation, uh, from the ground up isn't usually something that I'm heavily involved in just because of everything else that I'm involved with. Um, and so really kind of like Josh or Chris or JD will start uh, a song but we're also a highly co- a collaborative band. So oftentimes when we get together, we'll be going through an idea that someone else made. And I'm involved uh, fairly he- heavily in that process. Um, and I still obviously I practice my instrument all the time. And uh, and I practice our set to make sure that I- I've got it down perfectly so that whenever I get up on stage, um, I can focus on giving the audience a good show instead of focusing on how to play my instrument. Um, but yeah, so let, yeah. let, let me pause you right there, Jeremy, because a lot of what you just said. So and again, I'm just relaying, trying to tie this back to to business and um, everyday life. And so you're talking about, you know, you can't be a band on two days a week. You know, you, you, you can't be a band just two days a week. You got to be a band all the time. And, you know, so I think about like side hustles and, you know, I, I take that as, you know, you can't do this just two days a week, you know, really, no, you've always got to be working on it. You've always got to be marketing. You've always got to be doing outreach, but then you're also, you, you bring in, when we're talking about a band, it's not just like one person, you know, so you've got three, four, five other business partners, so to speak. Yeah. And you're, in, you're, you're in a creative business and, um, one of the things I know about creativity is that people get kind of get attached to their ideas. You know, it's not a sterile sort of thing. Yeah. It's something where there's an emotional connection. So you've got to be able to not only deal with multiple business partners who, by the way, also have lives and, you know, this isn't their full-time thing, um, but are attached to their ideas. And also you mentioned it's a collaborative process. So it's not like you've broken it up. Like you go do this, you go do this, you go do this, but you know, it's okay. And we're all going to sit down and work on this together. Yeah. Which, which, you know, that that's a phenomenal thing. It just, in my head, that takes even more time and effort and dedication to getting to the end result. Yeah. Yep. I guess that's true. That's true. Um, it does take us longer to write songs than maybe some other people, um, because of that. But I do think that, uh, our music is the quality that it is because of how we write it. Um, and maybe I'm, I'm tooting our horn, but I think our music's pretty good. <laughs> um, and, uh, but yeah, it's, it, and everybody, it, I know that it causes some people stress whenever we say that we're collaborative, um, just because when people think of musicians, you know, everybody's really, like you said, tied to their, their idea because it's coming from their heart. And so if an idea gets shot down, it can be kind of, uh, stressful, um, uh, or painful, but we, you know, we've been doing it this way for four or five years. And, um, when we started, we wanted to be kind of like a 
democracy, I guess, in that way. And that, you know, the, where the majority of the band thinks that this idea should go is where it's going. And um, if you've got an idea and it's, and it's voted out, like everybody else is like, ah, I don't really like that idea. Then it's, it's not going in the song. And I've definitely had my fair share of, of things that not everybody agreed with. Everybody has like literally everybody. And um, we, we've yet to really get into an argument about a song. Um, I mean, people will be like strongly for their idea, but everybody's pretty much held to that, that democracy kind of uh, collaborative process that we've done. And, and it's worked out really, really well for us. Um, so when we get together and we're like, hey, what if we did this here? And hey, what if we did this here? Or I don't like this. We should change that. Uh, nobody's really at each other's throats for it. It's, it's worked out really well for us. Yeah. So, you know, I just think of, you know, business meetings and everyone coming in with their ideas and, and talking about it. And I, I, ha- I've, I haven't come across too many where you could come up with a very democratic, highly collaborative approach and have it work. And I think there's something amazing there when you can do that. Yeah. You know, um, you know, I, uh, you mentioned early on that the, the group set gra- kind of ground rules Yeah, and you know, how, how this was going to operate and how it was going to be. And it sounds like you, you stick to and honor those ground rules that no one goes off in, in too much of a huff and that no one's taking it personally. Cause you're all working for the, the best end result. Yeah. wherever that wherever that may end up and i think there's just so many powerful lessons in there when we think about you know just dealing with business or trying to you know take on projects in our own lives that involve more than us yeah. um you know it's and um so i i guess you know i i give you guys kudos for being able to do that and particularly being able to do that over a long amount of time because you know it's hard enough to stick to a side business and stick to a passion when it's just you and then when you're dealing with others, you know, that just adds layer and layer of complexity to it. Yeah. Um, it's, I think early, early on, um, I could, I could see myself getting really nervous about it. Um, mm. but I, I think everybody has, uh, an extreme level of trust in the rest of the band members. And even if they don't like an idea and they've gotten voted off, I think usually everybody's they're they're pretty silent until they hear the end product. Um, okay. And I've definitely had, again, my fair share of where like my ideas have gotten shot down um, or where a song's really not going the direction that I think is us or that I, that I personally like. Um, mm-hmm. And then we get to the end of the song and the song's completely made. And I'm like, this is, a, this is a jam. This is a banger. And, uh, and I really like it. And that's, that's happened on more than one occasion. And so, you know, once you're, we've done like three, four years of that and you just, you just got to trust your, your guys, you know? Well, and when you talk about it, that this song sounds like us, um, you know, so, okay, I'll, I'll tie that to kind of the, the sterile business world of, you know, does this fit our business model? Does this fit our company's mission you know is this the direction that we want to go in so near as i can tell you guys blend several different musical styles and have different musical backgrounds and musical tastes so and is that true um yeah yeah yes so when when you think about hey is this song us well 
That's a little tougher to pin down because, you know, you don't, you, you guys kind of cross genres a little bit. You don't have just kind of like this one very specific sound. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Um, uh, I guess when I say it doesn't sound like us, um, you know, maybe selfishly in my brain, I'm thinking it, it just doesn't sound like me. And, mm. um, you know, but I do think that we have, and this isn't really something that I've thought about, so I'm not really sure how to answer the question, but we we do have a uh, sound or a, a, a specific um, punch, I guess. I, I can't think, I really can't think of the word, but um, so when something doesn't sound like Shadow of Wales, it's kind of like if you hear Boston, you know it's Boston, you know? Uh, or if mm-hmm. you hear ACDC, like, you know, it's ACDC, even if you've never heard the song before, because right. it just sounds like them. E- and even if you haven't heard um, the vocals yet, which are obviously the the biggest uh, obvious mark that it's ACDC, but um, there's just a sound, there's a there's an aura, you know. Uh, about it and so when you're not feeling it it just kind of feels like ah this isn't us but once it's once it's finished like i said it's just like you you got to trust your team and i i definitely trust my my team wholeheartedly when it comes to music creation all right i'm gonna switch gears on you here a little bit jeremy so so a a little bit of a rabbit trail there (laughs) no no i i love all this you know the the idea um because collaboration is just so hard. It is. It, it, it's it's not easy to do and to be able to collaborate with the same group of people over a long period of time with different ideas and different interests and different tastes and still end up pointed in the same direction. Um, you know, to me, that's just such an amazing thing. And I think there there's so many lessons and I, um, I and such an important message in there. Just when, when you think about business and life and, and even getting started you know, how, how do I take the next step? Well, it sounds like part of your guys' next step is just trusting that the, the other person kind of knows what it is or, or has an idea that you can build off of. Yeah. That even if you're kind of stalled out, the band, you know, your, your business partners, so to speak, will pull you forward. Yeah. And, and so when we talk about business and we talk about, you know, the, the music business, it has changed a lot over the years. Um, what one pretty famous vocalist once made the comment that, you know, that the money is not in the music. Basically the money is in the merchandise. So he's basically a glorified t-shirt salesman. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but you know, but the, the music's the fun, the, the music's what they do. Uh, it's just not necessarily where they make the bulk of their money. Um, and so you guys play live, but you are also, you know, you're on YouTube, you can find you guys out there. Where does, I mean, what is your business model? How does the money tend to come in for the band? Is it through merchandise? Is it through, uh, you know, song sales? Uh, is it, what, how, how does that work these days? Yeah. I mean, I think it's the same kind of way that Disney operates, right? Like Disney, I think has come out saying that like they don't make a whole ton of money on their, their movies and their animations um, where they really make their money is, is when people, see their movie and then want to go to their parks. Um, Mm. And that's kind of pretty much, I mean, 
obviously we're not Disney, but, uh, <laughs> but you know, uh, our music that goes out there is, is not really where we make the money. Um, it's people listening to that music and then wanting to come see us at a concert, uh, or wanting to support us online through like Patreon or, uh, some sort of subscription channel and, um, and then come to our concert and, and hang out with us. That's, you know, where we, where we make our biggest dollars are usually concerts and where we sell the most merch is usually concerts. Um, so yeah, that would definitely be much, much like at least what I said, Disney's model is what they're, what they're actually, I'm sure that I butchered it, but, um, yeah, that's pretty much it for us. That, that makes sense. But you guys can't play all the time. Um, you know, do you, do you now? Do you guys tour a lot? Is it mostly local? How do you make that work? Given that you do have families and day jobs and all of that, and are still trying to grow and, and support the band. Yeah, that's something that we're still trying to figure out. Um, we play locally um, as often as we can, um, but we we can't play too often because it just really starts to fizzle things out. We can't make the show unique um, if we play twenty times a year in the same city. Um, and, uh, we have done, um, a couple of like smaller tours, like tours less than a week long. Um, and then we've done one large tour up to Chicago and back, um, and trying to figure out really how all of that fits together is, is definitely the biggest challenge for us. Um, how to grow that kind of market because we've got fans that are just kind of all spread out when we look at our analytics and um, and like geolocation and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, they're just they're yeah, spread out kind of everywhere. <laughs> at the you know you you mentioned that your show at the, at the Mohawk in Austin that that I was able to attend and when I was there you and I were talking a bit about some fans over in the UK. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, right now you guys are not touring the uk um but you have fans over there yeah we, we have fans in the uk we have fans in japan we have fans in brazil we have fans in uh in the czech republic we've got fans in russia and um you know, in australia if i hadn't said australia yet um they're they're everywhere and um trying to figure out the u.s first <laughs> and uh you know our, our largest markets are in texas um california florida and new york which are all opposite sides of the u.s there's no bridging any of those gaps and so that's that's always been the biggest uh <laughs> like uh pain point i guess for us is that you know we can survive pretty well here in texas but we can't figure out arizona and new mexico and we can't figure out um you know oklahoma through all the way up to illinois and we can't figure out louisiana and mississippi and so that's that's trying to figure out how to like bridge those gaps has been kind of our biggest things well let me ask this do you need to I mean, so if you have strong fan base in Texas, where, where you're based out of, and but you also have California, Florida, New York, I mean, those are inconveniently placed if you think of, you know, doing an extended tour. Right. Um, but is it enough that you could go do a week-long tour in California or over in Florida or up in New York? And, you know, they're just, uh, I love New Mexico, but there's not that many people in New Mexico compared to California or Texas. Yeah. 
or Florida or New York, you know, um, yeah. Is that enough to, is that enough to focus on the fan bases or do you need to be able to really kind of tie them together? Um, you know, the way that we've always thought about it is that, you know, we, we would need to be able to, uh, play shows every day, um, or every day possible, um, with the fewest amount of break days, um, in between each show, uh, because every day that you're not playing is a day that you're, you know, losing money essentially, uh, when it comes to the road, cause, uh, you're in a band, usually you're not making money while you sleep. Um, so if we're not playing a show that day, then we're not covering our costs. And, uh, if you're not covering your costs and you're also taking off of work, a lot of people that you know, might be working part-time jobs, you know, they're legitimately just not getting paid that day. Um, so that's kind of where the struggle is there. But, you know, as you're saying it, it kind of makes sense that you could just have a band from California that you know really, really well. And this is, I'm literally thinking of this idea on the air at the moment. So, you know, it could we're, be. We're, we're watching it unfold. Yeah. This so, is good. So it could be totally ludicrous. So, uh, you know, I guess give me some credit. Um but you could take it just a band from California. Like we know bands in California that, that want to tour and that want to play in Texas. And we could say, Hey, come take a week here in Texas. And, Cause Texas is massive. We could play an entire week of shows here in Texas and then say the next week or, you know, a week later, um, let's do a California one and we'll just group them together in the same tour bracket. But there will be like several break days in between for enough time to travel mm. to California and back. And we just, we'll just tour both of those States instead of worrying about, uh, Arizona and New Mexico in between. But I don't know. Right. I don't know how that, I don't know how that would work, uh, you know, financially or, or, you know, how any of that actually works on the back end because I've literally just thought the idea. So, <laughs> but yeah, it well, sounds I think, like, a I think you're being, I think your bandmates all just agreed to it right then. That's fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. It's uh, fine. <laughs> um, but that's cool. I mean, that that's kind of, I, I, I love seeing the ideas kind of unfold as we're talking here and, and you know, what, what could be, maybe it works out, maybe it doesn't, or maybe it sparks, uh, you know, another idea that wasn't even top of mind, but as you guys start discussing it, uh, you find something that, that really does make sense and you can make work out. Yeah. The way that we're trying to grow through that um, now is we've done a lot of work this year to be ready for festivals and uh, and get some recordings and live video recordings so that we can submit to some festivals, basically. And, you know, there's festivals everywhere. And so if we can kind of get engaged with the right festivals um, throughout the U.S., then they've already got built-in markets where we're not having to do the growth um, there from scratch. Like there's a built-in crowd there. And we can just go and promote to that crowd and show them our set and show them our music um, all in one um, for potentially also getting paid, but also definitely a really great exposure opportunity. There's a lot less risk involved uh, in that for us. Whereas like if we're building our own tour, then everything is is based upon like how well we can digitally market ourselves and and how well the local bands will market us as well. So that's just a lot more of a risk. 
Yeah. It, well, and, and that, that makes sense as well. You know, there's a, a band of mine, a bit of a favorite band. I, I first saw them. They, they played in a venue up in Dallas. And, you know, this is a band that they're from Europe and, you know, they can they can play a festival with 300,000 people or, you know, whatever massive size it is, it's city size crowd. And yet they were playing, you know, to 300 people in a bar in Dallas. And, you know, I, I doubt it even covered the gas money to keep their bus running, you know, on, on the tour, it was just kind of another stop right. on their way, on their way through. And, and, you know, they've been through Dallas several times and I've seen them. And one of the cool things, and so I'm, I'm just kind of encouraging people to, to go out and, and check you guys out here when you can see the band at a very intimate level, you know, because uh, from that band, you know, my daughter and I were close enough. We were up against the barricade and even then close enough that the drummer was actually able to just reach over and hand her his drumstick. I mean, you know, that that's a bar that that's a small venue. And then we go home and check out on YouTube and there's this crowd of, like I say, like 300,000 at a festival. And, you know, I think, most of those fans would have sold a kidney to be that close <laughs> to to have that level of connection with, with a band um, that, that they're really into. And, and so, you know, just for everyone out here, whether you're able to catch Shadow of Wales or not, um, I, I do encourage you to go out and, and support the, the local musicians and, and support the bands where you can connect with them after the show, where they are hanging out at their merch table and are really, really excited to have a conversation with you. and you know, thinking about this from a business perspective, how often do you have a case where your customers are coming out and are really excited to engage with you? Um, it's just a cool dynamic you get with bands that you don't get necessarily with other businesses. So just just, just a, a plug for the small bands to, to get out there and check them out. Shows are always fun to attend. Um, and I, I do want to wrap up with just one, one or two questions for you here, Jeremy. Uh, I came across this idea of the must meet list. Okay. Like who are the people in the world that you just must meet? You, you know, you, you would love to meet, they would make a difference in your life. I, I can think of a few in my life where um, there, there were speakers Yeah, and I traveled to a conference specifically that conference just to go see them and meet them. Um, you know, we connected online um, and I came across this idea this morning and was just kind of thinking, wow, you know, who's on my must meet list? So if it were you, Jeremy, who would it be? Who, who are the, you know, one, two, three, four, five people that would make a difference in your life or your career if you could just meet them and connect with yeah. them? Yeah. Um, uh, so Matt Thiessen of Reliant K, lead singer of Reliant K, uh, would, that would definitely be up there in the, in the top two or three. And then Derek Wibley of some 41 um both those bands have just made such massive impacts i have no idea what i would even say to these people i'd probably just like shake their hand or high five them and then run away um but um but they yeah that would be that would be amazing uh or even like just getting advice from them on you know how all of that works for them that would be incredible that'd be absolutely incredible uh rick barker um who i i probably is a lot more obtainable to meet um he was the uh the manager for taylor swift i mentioned him in uh and i and i think our last interview and uh he's just an incredibly smart person and uh 
very well disciplined and I just, I share uh, a lot of the same thoughts that he talks about in his, uh, in his books and in his, his interviews and his podcast. And um, so that would, it would be really cool to meet him. Um, And those are the, those are the three that just like right away pop into my brain for sure. Nice. Well, you know, the, the internet is listening here. And so other, th- other than reaching out and connecting you with these three people, which would be amazing if anyone could do that, um, how, how can folks help you? What, where are you stuck? What is your next step that you are trying to take on? Um, so the next step for us, uh, like I said, is we're just trying to figure out how we can grow outside of Texas. Um, but we also want to uh, have a very dominant market in Texas as well. So uh, really, if anyone wants to just reach out and have coffee and and say, you know, how they feel like we could grow from a marketing standpoint or from an, an audience, a brand awareness standpoint, I guess, like other ideas that we can use to engage with people and, and grow even more quickly or exponentially, if that's, I would uh, value that quite a lot. Or if you just, Excellent. or if you just want to share our music to your friends, that's also 100% acceptable. Very good. Very good. What is the best place for people to reach you? Is it Facebook? Is it the band's website? Is it Instagram? We, so we have a website. Um, it's who is so sow.com currently. Um, and we're on Spotify or Facebook, Twitter, Instagram slash shadow of Wales, YouTube slash shadow of Wales, SoundCloud slash shadow dash of dash whales if you want to use soundcloud um and so yeah you can find us on any one of those things if you follow us you dm us i will very likely answer you nice love it and we're gonna end it right there thank you jeremy hey thank you for listening to imperfect action today let me know what your favorite takeaway was what What are you going to take from the show and put into action in your life right now today to help you move forward? Hit me up in the comments or on Twitter. I'm dying to hear how is this show helping you to move forward? Now, one of the things I want to mention was that today's episode was brought to you by Nutrafit. Now, I tried Nutrafit's whey protein supplement after meeting the founder and hearing about his journey and his commitment to quality. I like to support up and coming businesses, so I gave it a try and I was really amazed at it. Now, I've had a lot of different protein drinks, but what made NutraFit different is, one, that it mixes immediately, and also that the chocolate flavor actually tasted like chocolate. You know, so often they taste that like some kind of chemical engineering science project rather than just like food. And on top of that, NutraFit has no artificial sweeteners, colors, or preservatives. Plus, it includes probiotics, and I find it to be easy on the stomach. Now, the true taste test of it all is that my teenage daughter even likes it. She often has a shaker cup in the morning just on her way to school. Now, there are a lot of supplement brands on the market, but I do want to mention that NutraFit happens to be my personal favorite. And as a listener of Imperfect Action, you get 15% off of any order. When you're at checkout, after you've picked out your products, just use the code TAKEACTION. And that's written as one word, just take action. At checkout. Now, my personal favorite, and I'm not trying to influence you here, but is the double chocolate whey protein. And you can order right on Nutrafit's website. That's N-U-T-R-I-F-I-T-T. There's two T's in there. So Nutrafit.net. And let me know what you think.